Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I'm Bryson Carver, and when I say we have a loaded show, I mean it. We got some NFL, well, some, a lot of NFL. We got college football. The playoff is official. The four teams are in. They are Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State. Going to discuss that. Basically, I'm not necessarily outraged over it. But what I think the committee got wrong, I'll detail that later in the show. Of course, I'll predict Saints-Buccaneers, big, big NFC South matchup tonight uh, in Tampa Bay. Great city, by the way. I love uh, the city of Tampa Bay. Uh, also going to discuss Tua. So, played a big boy defense and didn't play big boy football. I'll discuss that later in the show as well. Also, in that game, just crappy, crappy news coming out of that game. Jimmy Garoppolo is done for the season. He broke his foot. I'll detail what that means for the 49ers moving forward. Uh, I'll also talk about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Folks, I think they separated from the, the rest of the NFC as we sit here today on December 5th. And uh, speaking of the NFC East, their division rival Dallas Cowboys bludgeoned the Indianapolis Colts in the fourth quarter in particular last night. And I'm here to tell you, I'm just as sold on the Cowboys as I was on Friday. Not that much. But we got to start with the afternoon game yesterday. What I thought to me was the most interesting game of the weekend. And that was the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in a rematch of last year's AFC title game. Cincinnati won the game 27-24. to And uh, <laughs> did we ever think we'd be saying this? Bengals beat Chiefs three times in a calendar year. Because they beat them January 2nd in Cincinnati. They beat them, was it four weeks later? Yeah, four weeks later on January 30th at Arrowhead. Down 18, came back to win it, advanced to the Super Bowl. And then yesterday, December 4th. So there you go, 11-month span. The Bengals beat the Chiefs uh, three times. Here's why I will tell you this. Uh, first of all, to those that are bashing Patrick Mahomes today and saying that he's like somehow out of the MVP race or that Jalen Hurts has supplanted him, and I'm going to talk about Jalen Hurts later because he was obviously amazing yesterday against the Tennessee Titans. I think uh, I, I think we're, we're we're going a little too far 
or overreacting. First of all, Mahomes did not play bad. He was he was on a gimpy leg. Uh, the offensive line didn't protect terrible well. Uh, but he, you know, threw for 223, a touchdown, had a cute, ran for a touchdown, by the way, on like a Michael Jordan Space Jam type play where he's reaching the ball over the goal line. He had a QBR 0 to 100 of 90 and a pass rating of, of 98. Like, people like Mahomes did play well. I don't know what you're talking about. He was, you know, they got a good support by their running game. Average five yards of carry. Pacheco was good. McKinnon was good. O-line did a good job, you know, uh, giving, you know, running backs holes up the middle. This was more about what Cincinnati did. And in particular, what Joe Burrow did. Joe Burrow was spectacular yesterday. Every big throw that the Bengals needed that man to make, he made it. Think Jamar Chase matters, him being back in the starting lineup. Listen, Cincinnati was putting up a lot of points. They were moving down the field with the other guys, with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst. But uh, when you get a top five receiver back in the lineup, it makes a little bit of a difference. And you could see it yesterday. How, uh, how Kansas City had to respect Jamar Chase you know, bring attention to his side of the field. And Joe Burrow was just spraying the ball all over the place. Had a great completion percentage. Uh, again, how many Bengals caught? A, eight Bengals caught a pass in the game. Joe Burrow, 25-31, 286, two touchdowns. QBR, 71, and a pass rating of 126. He was dealing. And, you know, when, when you have a great quarterback, I'm talking about like a great quarterback, like top three or four, which I think Burrow's in that category. Like, I think he's three. You could convince me into two. I still think Mahomes is the best. I think it's his league, and we're all just living in it. But when you have a truly great quarterback, the coach, limited or not, and I think Zach Taylor is a very limited head coach, what is he without Joe Burrow? You, you see how much trust that they have in these guys. Okay? Joe Burrow, last play before the two-minute warning, on a second and four, makes a... What are you doing, mental error? They decide to pass on second and four. Totally agree with the call because the clock's going to stop anyway. Might as well see if you can get a completion. Your quarterback is not turnover prone. If, if it's not there, you know, it's, it's not there. But Joe Burrow's rolling out to his left and takes the sack. It's like, dude, the, the clock is going to stop. If it's under two minutes, smart play. Force him to use a timeout or let the clock run. No, throw the ball out of bounds. The clock is going to stop. Don't lose seven yards. But again, it comes back the next play after the two-minute warning, minute 59 left. You see how much a coach, you see how great a quarterback is by how his coach believes in him. Third and 11, and they try a shot over the middle to T. Higgins. Now they had the one-on-one man-to-man coverage. T. Higgins is a big 6'5 receiver. You know, that's matchup nightmare. You saw he caught that touchdown, which was rolled incomplete, but it was great effort in the, the back left corner of the end zone early in the game. But that's a tight window throw. And if that thing falls incomplete, how long of a field goal would that have been for Evan McPherson? Evan McPherson's a great kicker. Let's let's not let's not get that twisted. But that would have been a, a 45-yard field goal. Now, even if he makes it, Kansas City's got a minute 50 to go 75 yards. Uh, we've seen that before, have we not? As bad as Travis Kelsey struggled yesterday, and it's safe to say that was probably his worst game of the season. Obviously, he had the big fumble early in the fourth quarter. Okay, guys like Hardman. Juju played okay. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Valdez Scantling dropped. Former Packer dropped a touchdown in the end zone. Like, there were certain things, correctable mistakes, that the Kansas City Chiefs committed. 
But that game to me was more about what the Bengals did than what the Chiefs did not. It was about what Joe Burrow, the plays he was able to make, as opposed to the plays that Mahomes at the very end was not able to make. When you're playing Kansas City, Harrison Butker misses that kick that would have tied the game. You've got three minutes and change to go. Kansas City's got all of our t- other timeouts. And your goal, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, is Mahomes, 15 on the other side is not touching the football. That's all that matters. 15 on the other side in, in red is not touching the ball. That's what the Bengals did. 10 play drive, milked all the clock off, forced Kansas City to use all their timeouts. Big third down conversions. Props to the Cincinnati Bengals. Big, big win. Now, in terms of the landscape of the AFC, because in this list, we, we knew this going into the season, right? I talked about it in the show. I, th- I think it was a, a fair assumption to say the AFC had way more contenders than the NFC. Now it looks even more lopsided because I thought the Rams were going to be a contender. <laughs> They're three and nine on their backup quarterback. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we thought teams like, say, the, the Saints would at least be respectable. No. The MVP Aaron Rodgers, the Packers. No, they're 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 five and eight. Out in the AFC, you got the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals and the the Ravens and the Dolphins are interesting. You got a lot of teams in here that are more than capable of making a run. Kansas City to me is still the favorite to come out of the AFC because better chance than not, when you look at their schedule, okay, Kansas City's got the Let's Ride Broncos. And they're nine-point road favorites, by the way. At the worst team in football, the Houston Texans. Home against Seattle. That's a tough matchup. Home against the Let's Ride Broncos. And then at the Vegas Raiders, who they've historically owned in the Mahomes-Reed era. By the way, Mahomes has never lost a divisional game on the road. So I have a hard time believing history's uh, you know, going to not repeat itself on January 8th. So I know, listen, Buffalo's got the number one seed. But Kansas City, I just gave you their schedule. Here's the Buffalo Bills schedule moving forward. Jets, that is not that is no gimme. Dolphins, that's no gimme. Chicago, they'll win that one. At the Cincinnati Bengals in the last Monday night game of the year. And then the Patriots at home. Like, there's two games in there. To me, the Jets and the Bengals post the biggest threat to beat the Bills. So Kansas City, I'm here to tell you right now, folks, they're going to be the one seed. Matter of fact, they very well may win out. Worst case, lose one game. We know the Bills have the tiebreaker because they beat Kansas City back in week six. But very good chance for the fifth consecutive year, the AFC is going to run through Arrowhead as it has for every single year in the Mahomes-Reed era. But when we talk about the playoffs, what, what's the playoffs about? It's not necessarily the best teams. In a lot of cases it is, but not always. It's about matchups. It's about Obviously, health comes into play. Everybody's beat up by this point. Everybody's beat up by now. And we still got a month left in the regular season. We still got five games left for everybody in the league. It's about matchups. Styles make fights, as they say. Another quote, Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And when you talk about who matches up in the AFC, who matches up the best Not necessarily in total, but who matches up better with Kansas City than any team in the league? It is the Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, they've shown you that three times. Week 17 last year, AFC title game last year, and then yesterday. Because is Josh Allen a better quarterback than Joe Burrow? I would say probably, but you could convince me that Burrow's better than Allen, honestly. He's won more. He's done more with less. His coach isn't as good. 
He's beaten Mahomes at Mahomes. Allen hasn't done that in the playoffs. You could make an argument. But let's just say quarterback, that's a wash. Weapons probably favors Buffalo, but you, you want to cover Jamar Chase? T. Higgins is a matchup nightmare. He is unguardable in the red zone because of his size and strength. Hayden Hurst is a better tight end than Dawson Knox. I like Dawson Knox. He's not as good as Hayden Hurst as a pass catcher. Running game, not close. Bengals. Defense, who's more consistent? Bengals. This has been kind of an underreported thing. Cincinnati's played very good defense this year after the first two games of the year, the first two losses against Pittsburgh and Dallas. That is a Bengals defense that's playing confident. They're getting turnovers. They're getting to the quarterback. I mean, really the biggest, one of the biggest plays of the game yesterday was that last third and three that the Chiefs had, last play of Mahomes' afternoon, when they you know got a little shoelace tackle from behind and, 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 and sacked it for a couple-yard loss, which made the field goal tougher, which meant Kansas City couldn't continue to move up the ball down the field. They get to your quarterback. They make you turn the ball over. That's what you got to do to beat Kansas City. Whereas Buffalo, they're great. They can beat Kansas City, but it probably has to be a shootout. Bengals don't necessarily have to win by a shootout. They can stop Kansas City. And obviously, they can score on Kansas City. They've got a loaded offense in Kansas City's defense. You know, it's, it's fine. It's better than years past, but it's still not elite. Baltimore, I don't know if Lamar's going to be healthy. And even if he is, who's got the better weapons? Cincinnati or Baltimore? You tell me. Right? Mark Andrews is great. That's all they got. You like Dever Duvernay, Duvernay more than, than Jamar Chase? Call me crazy, but I don't. Okay? Miami, stop. Tua can't go toe-to-toe with Mahomes in the playoffs. Okay? Uh, who, who are we missing? Uh, the Titans. No. Listen, they can run it down your throat, but Tannehill can't match Mahomes throw for throw. We saw that in the playoffs a few years ago. Styles make fights. Cincinnati can not only fight Kansas City, heck, they've beaten them the last three times. Expect this to be a playoff matchup, whether it be in the divisional round or in the AFC title game. It'll like in all likelihood be an arrowhead, but that to me, if I'm a Kansas City Chief, Bengals scare me a heck of a lot more than Buffalo does. I'll tell you that much. Styles make fights. I'm just here to tell you, Bengals are the biggest threat matchup-wise to the Chiefs. Not saying other teams like Baltimore, Buffalo can't beat them, but the Bengals match up better than what them than the Ravens or the uh, even the Titans or the Bills do. But a heck of a performance by Joe Burrow uh, in, in that Bengals offense. Again, it, it's I love watching Joe Burrow because he's almost got like a Kawhi Leonard factor to him in that whether the game is going great or whether the game is, is just a disaster, same look on his face. It's not like, it's not Russell Wilson-esque where it's fake. Like Russell's, it's fake optimism, fake, hey, we got this, we got, no, 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 no. They, they don't buy into that. Teams can see through your quarterback if he's fake. You know, ask, ask the three and, nine, three and nine Denver Broncos. Okay, they lost again yesterday. Man, they call him Joe Cool, which is what they called Joe Montana back in the day. And I laughed. Check the tape if you, if you want to suffer through it. But I laughed at comparisons out of the draft between Montana and Burrow. I said, okay, this is getting a little ridiculous. No, I was the one being ridiculous. This guy's legit. Love watching him play. And, and, and I hear some comparisons between him and Aaron Rodgers. Eh. Stuff don't go Aaron's way. He's not talking to dudes on the sideline. He's, uh, 
Yeah, you know, he's rolling his eyes. He's throwing the ball out of bounds. He's ghosting guys on the field. That's not Joe Burrow. Love this kid. Heck of a talent. No question about it. But I'm telling you, that AFC, the NFC is just a bunch of question marks. We don't know what we're getting from the NFC. Niners are probably going to make the playoffs. I'll talk about them later when I talk about their win over the Dolphins. They're probably going to make the playoffs, looks like. But, I mean, I don't know. You take you want Brock Purdy or want Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? Even though he doesn't play well in big games, I'll take Kirk Cousins any day of the week over Brock Purdy, with all due respect. Okay? But you got a loaded roster in San Francisco, but they're on their third-string quarterback. Tom Brady, we know what he represents, greatest player in league history, but he's 45 and is playing like it. Dallas, I'm about to talk about in just a second. I'll, I'll say that for later. Eagles are great, but last time we saw them in the playoffs, they got their teeth kicked in by Tampa Bay. Seattle, we like, but do we trust the Seahawks to go on the road three times and get to the Super Bowl? I don't. And I love Geno played great again yesterday. The defense is playing well. They're running the ball well, but I don't see them go on the road three straight times and winning. Whereas in the AFC, Mahomes is great, Burrow's great, Allen's great, Lamar's great. But sign me up. I can't wait for the AFC playoffs. NFC is just going to be intriguing. Get your popcorn ready, as T.O. said, for the NFC. Because it's going to be... We, we, for the most part, know what we're getting from the AFC. No idea what we're getting from the NFC. Speaking of an NFC team, many, a team that many consider to be a title-contending team, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys who took care of business and then some over the Indianapolis Colts by a final score of 54-19. to 19. You know, before this game, on Friday when I was picking, uh, when, when I was doing my Friday NFL Sunday picks, I said Cowboys win 33-17. to 17. What I did not anticipate was that Dallas would match that point total in one quarter. That being the most important quarter, that being the fourth quarter. So, let me say this. Let's talk about the Cowboys in terms of the game yesterday and in terms of the bigger picture, their outlook for the rest of the season. The last five games in the playoffs. So, as for that game yesterday, um, I think it's fair to say they overlooked the Colts. And this is sort of, if you're a Cowboys fan, what you're worried about, because there's this, this three-game stretch before the Philadelphia matchup on Christmas Eve. You got the Colts, who are on their interim head coach, Jeff Saturday, who it's going about how we thought it would go. Matt Ryan's washed. There's injuries everywhere. Like, Jonathan Taylor's about all they have at this point. So you got the beat-up, interim, washed quarterback, Colts. You got the worst team in the NFL, the Houston Texans, who they're playing next week. By the way, Dallas is favored by 17 in that matchup, rightfully so. And the week after that, you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are not only 4-8, and eight, but now Trevor Lawrence looks like he's hurt. Then you've got the big matchup against Philadelphia on Christmas Eve. So if you're a Cowboys fan, you're like holding your breath, like, just take care of business, don't screw it up. We should win these games. We should be 12-4, uh, and four, right? 12, 11, I'm sorry, 11-3, right? Let's see, the 9-3? Yeah, 11-3 going into the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's what I will say in terms of their outlook for the rest of the season. Am I as convinced today as I was Friday about the Cowboys in terms of Super Bowl contenders? Now I have about the same opinion of them that I, that I have really all season long. Okay? Got a great quarterback who was fine last night. You guys know I'm a big Dak fan. Big Dak fan. He was fine. 170 yards, three touchdowns. I don't know how his QBR was a 40. Thought it should have been better than that. That definitely should have been better than Matt Ryan's, who was somehow 57, but I don't know. It is what it is. But Dak was fine. Running game was great. 
Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott played well. Offensive line is doing a good job. Okay, CeeDee Lamb. I'll say this about CeeDee Lamb. You guys know I have been very critical of him this season in terms of his uh, hesitancy to go over the middle, dropping a lot of passes, letting his quarterback down, whether it be Dak Prescott or during a five-game stretch, Cooper Rush. I love what I'm seeing out of this young man right now. He's not afraid of contact. He's making plays after the catch. He's getting open on a consistent basis. Love what I'm seeing from CeeDee Lamb right now. Everybody else, there's a reason the Cowboys are going after Odell Beckham Jr. It's not just to help them get to the Super Bowl. It's because he's kind of a necessity. Last year when the Rams signed him before the Robert Woods injury, it was as a luxury. Like, okay, if all else fails, if God forbid Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, which the latter ended up actually happening, if any of those guys get hurt, okay, we got OBJ. For the Cowboys, they actually kind of need OBJ. Because CeeDee Lamb is the only receiver, I think, at this point in time you can trust if you're a Cowboys fan. Michael Gallup's a red zone nightmare, but he can't separate everywhere else. Noah Brown, nice possession receiver, really good blocker, but not a guy you're going to you know, get count on to get open on a third and eight against the San Francisco 49ers. Dalton Schultz, kind of the same thing. Possession tight end, security blanket, not a deep passing threat. Okay, and the same for the other tight ends, Ferguson, uh, who's the other guy, uh, uh, McKeon, the, the other guys. You need OBJ in terms of the receiving unit. As for the defense, we know what Micah Parsons represents. My opinion, he's going to be the defensive player of the year because I picked him to win that before the season. He's been unbelievable. Uh, the secondary is really beat up. They may have to get some reinforcements and free agency. Anthony Brown is done for the year with an Achilles tear, so wish him the very best moving forward. Hopefully he recovers from that uh, as quickly as possible. He already got Jordan Lewis out for the year. Linebacking core is good. Played well last night. But if you are asking me to get excited about a 35-point win for the Cowboys, yeah, I can't do that. You were supposed to do that last night. I would have much rather the Dallas Cowboys slowly but surely put the Colts away. If you'd have told me Cowboys win 50-40-19, well, I think if you're a Dallas fan, you're, you're, you're very excited about that. But here's the issue. Against a 4-7-1 football team. First of all, the record on its face, you're like, okay, they're not, they're not very good. Against a Matt Ryan, who is, if it weren't for Russell Wilson, the most watched quarterback in the NFL. If it, Jeff Saturday at head coach, which that still feels weird. A beat-up roster on the road. That was a two-point game going into the fourth quarter. Now I get the avalanche in the fourth. It's actually, I think, the second highest scoring quarter by any team in NFL history. But some of that was just the Colts self-imploding. Matt Ryan throwing picks, fumbles, a Malik Hooker, the former Colt. Hooker got a touchdown there that kind of blew the game open and sort of started the run for Dallas. Yeah, when the Colts turned the ball over that many times, was it four straight possessions or something crazy? Yeah, you honestly, 33 points a quarter doesn't shock me all that much because you got short field position, we can't stop the run. But we've seen this movie before with the Dallas Cowboys. Heck, I've seen a game very similar to this last year against a team that finished with seven wins. The Washington, at the time, they were the football team, now they're the Commanders. Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Dallas won that game 56-14. to Destroyed Washington. 
with a beat up secondary, with a below average quarterback. Sunday Night Football, whole country watching the clearly superior Dallas Cowboys just took care of business and then some, like they did last night. There is nothing in the next two weeks that the Dallas Cowboys can do, with or without OBJ, that can convince me that they're any closer to winning a Super Bowl than they were last year. You want to convince me? Beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve. Then I'll be in. Then then you you got me. I'm going to talk about Philly later in the show. But when you've got a quarterback who's playing at an MVP level, Jalen Hurts, a great running game, which, to be fair, Dallas says that as well, but significantly better wide receiving weapons. A.J. Brown did his thing again yesterday. Devontae Smith is a Heisman Trophy winner. He's been balling this year. Quez Watkins is better than any deep threat, including CeeDee Lamb, that the Cowboys have. Dallas Goddard, once he gets healthy, I'll take Dallas Goddard any day of the week over Dalton Schultz. Defensively, the secondary is much better than Dallas, in part because they're healthy and Dallas is not, in part because they have Darius Slay and James Bradbury, and Dallas does not. Beat Philadelphia on Christmas Eve. I'm in. I'm in. Dallas is a Super Bowl contender, if not possibly the favorites to get out of the NFC now with the injuries to San Francisco. Because we saw what Dallas did to Minnesota. They're better than Minnesota. Okay, that's they left no doubt about that a few weeks ago. But we have seen this time and again. Standalone game, whether it be Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night. You got a clearly inferior team, beat up. We don't really like the coach. The quarterback's not very good. And they just absolutely front run and destroy them. I'm not any more convinced that they're any closer to Hoist and Lombardi than this year. They're not as good as Philadelphia. What does Philadelphia consistently put on tape? How much better have they been situationally? The penalties, which penalties wasn't an issue for Dallas yesterday, only three, which is somewhat miraculous, but they will rear their ugly head. Make no mistake about it. So today, I have the same view of the Dallas Cowboys that I had coming into this season. They'll make the playoffs, and on January 16th of 2023, I will be talking about a Dallas Cowboys first-round exit. Sorry. That's... What what evidence do I have that it's going to be any different than the last 25 years? You tell me. I love Dak. He's got CD who's playing well. What else do you have? Gallup, Brown, James Washington's reportedly coming back soon. Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You compare that to what Philly has? Even what Tampa Bay has? No. Good win for the Cowboys last night. But they did what they were supposed to do. Okay? And for those of you that say, well, Philadelphia beat them by a point. This was a two-point game going into the fourth quarter until Dallas actually just, you know, figured out that it was, there was an NFL football game going on. And, and when Matt Ryan forgot that he was playing an NFL football game, again, a lot of that was in the fourth quarter was that, A, Dallas is a much better football team than the Colts are. And B, the Colts self-imploded. And in some aspects of the game, almost looked like they quit. Almost looked like they had they'd said no mas. And just quit the football game around seven, eight minutes left. Sorry if that hurts your feelings in Dallas. Or around the world. And I love Cowboys fans. I, I As somebody who left the Dallas Cowboys fan base, I have the utmost respect for Cowboys fans. 
Because what those fans, if you're a Cowboys listening, what you have had to deal with for the last quarter century in terms of a revolving door of coaches, a dysfunctional owner who meddles, uh, you know, guys who signed a big contracts and haven't produced. I understand. Listen, it's it's hard. And I respect you for, for staying loyal to this team. But please, as someone who does respect Cowboys fans, I'm trying to help you here. Don't get your hopes up. It's a one-and-done playoff team. Playoff team. Successful season, considering where the Cowboys were at coming in, in my view. This is where I had them. I had them as a double-digit win team in the playoffs out in the first round. And I said, you could check the tape back in March. On January 16th of 2023, I will be talking about a Dallas Cowboys playoff loss on this show. You can book that. We'll see, though. Again, they got Houston next week. They're they're 17-point favorites against the Houston Texans, which, if you were wondering, is the biggest point spread in the NFL this season. It's the biggest favorite that any team has has been this season, Uh, although Kansas City, of course, Kansas City is going to Houston. But Kansas City might surpass that in a couple of weeks when they go to, to, to play the Texans. But, uh, I mean, ESPN's giving Houston a 3.5. This is an NFL team. They are giving an NFL team a 3.5% chance to win. Like, that's how lopsided this is. They're favoring the Dallas Cowboys win by three scores. They should. And they should beat Jacksonville. So there's not If they win 70 to nothing the next two games, if they win the next two games by combined 140 to nothing, I'll say the exact same thing that I'm saying today. I need to see him play a big boy. I need to see him take down one of the big dogs. Because Philly's a better, bigger dog than Dallas is right now. They are. We'll see. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. By the way, I don't want to sound mean here. Because you guys know I really like this player, at least in terms of what his improvement has been from last year to this year. A guy I was very critical of last year. And this year... He's been really good. He's been much better than he was last year. Trayvon Diggs, right? Because everybody talking about well, Trayvon Diggs got eleven interceptions last year. It's like, yeah, why do you think quarterbacks keep throwing at him? <laughs> why he he keeps getting those picks? Because a he has great ball skills. He was a former receiver in college. Okay, he knows how to track down and catch the football. But how many interceptions did Deion Sanders get? I think his career high was like five six. By the way, congrats to Prime Time in getting the Colorado job. Five, six interceptions was his career high for a season. Same thing with, with Richard Sherman, with uh, Darrell Revis. The great qu- quarterbacks don't even look in their direction because <laughs> they know they're tracking the ball down. It's probably going to end up being incomplete or in the hands of said corner. Guys aren't going after Trayvon Diggs this season. There's a reason for that. He's improved drastically, drastically as a cover corner. But on that play last night, y- you saw it. You saw it. The Matt Ryan touchdown pass, who caught it? Let me see who it was for the Colts. Uh, Dolan, I think is his name. Ashton Dolan, who caught that touchdown pass. You saw down the red zone, little, little sluggo route, slant and go. Trayvon Diggs, he did it again. He went back to his old bad habits. Went back to being the gambler. You got to know when to hold him. No, when to, you see, he did it again. He, he, he's a gambler. You gotta be careful. That's worry. Uh, it was a worrisome sign. If you're a Cowboys fan, if he's facing a Mike Evans, or if he's facing an AJ Brown, you, you gotta you gotta worry about the uh, Justin Jefferson. You gotta worry about this a little bit. I'm just saying, be careful. All right, moving on now to 
a game yesterday that was really interesting. It's one I said Bengals Chiefs was the most interesting game. This to me was the second most interesting game because of one player I had my undivided attention on. Tua Tungavailoa. Now you guys know I love Tua out of the 2020 draft. But after his first two seasons, I'm like, guys, I don't see special. I, he's not anywhere near where Joe Burrow is a, is a quarterback or even where Justin Herbert is as a quarterback. But this year, he's played well. For a while, he was in the MVP discussion. His QBR was, I think, first in the league. You know, pass rating's great. Not turning the ball over. Playing within Mike McDaniel's system. But I said... I will buy in. I said this last week. Go check the tape from Thursday's show. I will buy into Tua if I see him play well in two of the next three games. If he plays well in all three, I'm definitely all in. Two of the next three games. If he plays well, I don't even care if he if he goes zero and three, but he plays well. I'm in on Tua as a franchise quarterback at the Niners. Best defense in football. A road game, which might very well be a home game because there's more Dolphins fans in America than Chargers fans. Against his draft contemporary, Justin Herbert. And then a week after that, he plays the Bills. Well, Bryce, he beat the Bills. Yeah, how about in Buffalo in December when it is bone-chilling cold? Josh Allen excels in those temperatures. Tua does not. If he plays well in two of these next three games, you Tua fans, hey, two and on, you got me. Thus far, he's 0 for 1. Not talking about the loss. Not just talking about he lost the game. But he was the primary reason they lost the game. Tua Tungavailoa against the San Francisco 49ers. 18 for 23, barely over 50% completion percentage. 295 yards, okay, that's good. Two touchdowns, that's good. Ooh, but he had two interceptions, a fumble. He had a pass rating of 79, but you want to hear this? QBR, 0 to 100. 19. You say, well, oh, the Niners have been doing this all season at quarterbacks. You tell me, too, is that guy or not? Is he good or not? He's got Tyreek Hill, who he hit a big long ball to. He's got Jalen Waddell. He's got that uh, that Sherfield kid who I really like. He's got Mike Gusecki. He's got weapons. C.J. Mostert. I mean, what, an offensive lineman went down. Yeah, that's the NFL. Okay, if one thing goes wrong, if one guy goes down and that totally tears apart your rhythm and your offense, then you're exactly what I thought you were. Again, I'm giving to a grace. He's got next week against Justin Herbert. Dolphins are three-point road favorites. They should win that game. Then they got at the Bills. They will definitely not be favored to win that game. But then I'll get to the Jimmy Garoppolo situation in just a second. So for you Niners fans, hang on. But second half, here's how the drives went for the Miami Dolphins. You ready for this? Two plays, interception. One play, interception. And four plays, touchdown. He hit Tyreek on the long ball. Turnover on downs. Fumble return for a touchdown. That was to his second half. I mean, this is kind of what I've kind of been saying for a while. Sort of going a little bit back to what I was saying about the Dallas Cowboys. Like, if you're telling me that two is not, two is a humble kid. Like, I love two as, as a guy. He's a great leader. Uh, he seems to be very coachable. I really like Tua. But when you Dolphins fans, when Dolphins players, by the way, Tyree Kill being one of them, talking about this is the most accurate quarterback I've ever played with, when he literally just finished playing with Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the league. 
When you're Tua Tungavailoa and all your supporters, the coaches and the players, oh, you guys are disrespecting him. You're underrated him. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, yeah, it's easy to say when he's playing the Texans and the Browns and the Lions and the Bears. How about one of the big boys? How about a Super Bowl contender? Because you're telling me, hey, coming into yesterday, Miami was the two seed. If they're the two seed, I mean, they got to be Super Bowl contenders, right? I mean, only Kansas City's got a better, better record than them. They got a better record than the Ravens and the Bengals and the and the Bills. You saw who two is yesterday. You saw it. One big play to Tyreek. Give him credit. Good throw, which... As, as a buddy of mine pointed out, we were texting about the game. As a buddy of mine pointed out, he said, listen, if Tua, if Tua, doesn't, if Tua can't make that throw, he shouldn't be in the league. Okay, like, Tyreek Hill's going to outrun everybody. You should, you should hit those throws. But this is kind of, you know, it's the old uh, Dennis Green quote, the late, great Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. He is who we think he is. I mean, the Dolphins actually get a break. Like, you guys know I'm not that high on Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, I'll talk about Garoppolo in just a second. But a guy who was the third string for the 49ers coming into this year behind Trey Lance and behind Jimmy G. A third stringer. A fifth-round rookie out of Iowa State. Brock Purdy outplayed Tua. You can say he has the better roster. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But it's year three now for Tua. I, I, need, I need you to win these games. On the road, you're underdogs. I need you to win this game. This, this is exactly why this was my if I were a betting man game. Because I know what the Niners are. I, I know what Kyle Shanahan is. I know what that roster is, that defense. I need to see it from Tua. I've seen Josh Allen win these games. Lord knows I've seen Mahomes win these games. I've seen Burrow win these games. I've seen, obviously, Tom Brady win these games. And Aaron Rodgers. Heck, I've seen Russell Wilson win these games back when he used to be good. I've seen Dak Prescott win these games. I've seen Lamar Jackson win these games. If you are who people are saying that you are, need you to either at least win, or if not, if you play well but you lost to a better team, you got me. And this is why I said I don't care if two goes 0 for 3. 0 and 3 in these games. If he plays well, you got me. Like, if he's not the reason you lose, Nah, as a matter of fact, it was the number one reason you lost. The other team's starting quarterback goes down. You're playing with the lead. And the second half, you completely unravel. It's 0 for 1 in my sort of designated three biggest games of Tua's NFL career stretch. I said if he, if he, if he plays well in two of the three, I'm in on him as a franchise quarterback. Thus far, he's 0 for 1. Now, again, a game that to me is very fascinating Next Sunday night in the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California, Dolphins, Chargers, Tua versus Herbert. Now, you see a lot of Tua supporters tomorrow. Tua's better than Herbert. Has Herbert ever been in the MVP discussion? 
it's like, well, yeah, Herbert's also got less to work with. His his offensive line is in shambles. His receiving core is in shambles. He's got a dummy at head coach. His defense has been horrible this season. He plays in a tougher division than Tua. And yet he's putting up numbers comparable to Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. Year in and year out. And again, the, the, the mark of an elite quarterback is that regardless of how good the team is, he has you in position to win every single game you play. Not, I'm not saying literally every single game. You're going to have some stinkers here and there. But I'm talking about when you are not as good. Health-wise, Chargers aren't as good as the Raiders. And he had him in it, in it, in it, until his defense could not make a stop. That's what separates him. Two out duels Herbert. Okay. If he goes to Buffalo, in the cold... By the way, Tua is not a guy who's known for having a cannon of an arm, and you kind of need to have that in freezing cold temperatures. I mean, I don't anticipate this to be 80 and 80 suns out, no wind on December 19th in Buffalo, New York. I don't call me crazy. No meteorologist, but I'm no dummy either. If you can outduel Josh Allen, the second best QB, third best QB in football, all right. I'm in on Tua. But thus far, he's exactly what I thought he is. A starter. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. He can win you a lot of games. Play well in a lot of games. Be the reason you win some of those games. But in those sort of gotta have it, must win type situation games where it's to stay at number one for the division. If not, I could be wrong on this, folks. Had the Dolphins won that game yesterday, we'd be sitting here with the Miami Dolphins with the best record in the AFC. Like that was what was at stake. Tua couldn't come through for him, like a franchise quarterback is supposed to. Got Herbert next week. Bills two weeks after that. Show me, Tua. Show me. If he does, I'm in on Tua. Now, as for the Niners, all right, some pretty... First of all, getting that win yesterday was was huge, considering the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. For those of you that don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo, very early in the football game, Broke his left foot. Again, what are the chances that the top two quarterbacks for the 49ers go down with the exact same injury? Trey Lance broke his foot in week two. Jimmy G breaks his foot in week 13. Sucks for Jimmy. Sucks for Trey. Obviously, Trey's much, you know, yeah, because the injury was suffered three months ago. Trey is much further along in his recovery. And it's going to be Trey Lance's team next year if it isn't Tom Brady's. If, if, if the Niners don't decide to go for Tom Brady next offseason, which I think is a real possibility, by the way. Jimmy Garoppolo, on the other hand, probably just played his last game as a 49er, which it always sucks to have your career in on an injury. So again, we wish the best for Jimmy G. Do I think this puts the nail in the coffin for the 49ers' Super Bowl hopes? I'm leaning that way, yeah. I don't think, listen, we saw the next full story, and, and Joe Flacco got to, and, and not only won the Super Bowl, won Super Bowl MVP. We've seen quarterbacks like... Uh, Again, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo get to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy looked good yesterday. Like, I don't I don't want to shortchange what the kid did. Being thrown in in a big home game, starter goes down, 25-37. The fact that Kyle Shanahan trusted him to throw the ball 37 times tells you a lot. 210 yards, touchdown, interception, QBR 57, pass ring of 88. Kid, kid did good for his first NF, real NFL action and not just, you know, mop-up duty. Niners are going to make the playoffs, though, with Brock Purdy. And I still say, 
I still say, even with Jimmy Garoppolo down, I don't want any part of the 49ers in the postseason. Just checking here, they still have Christian McCaffrey, don't they? And they still have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and a loaded offensive line and the best defense of football and Kyle Shanahan. Do they not? I don't want to play them. As a matter of fact, I'm confident sitting here saying that with Brock Purdy at quarterback, the Niners will win a playoff game. I think they're going to hold off Seattle for the division. They still play Seattle uh, later this season. When is that? Uh, that is in that is two weeks from now. Actually, technically nine days nine days from now. No, ten days from now on Thursday night football against the Seattle Seahawks on the road in Seattle. That's a big game. Could easily decide the the the, the division in the a NFC West. But in every game the Niners play this season, they're going to have the better roster. The roster is better than Philadelphia. It's better than Tampa. It's better than Dallas. It's better than Minnesota. And obviously, it's, it's much better than teams like, say, the New York Giants or the Washington Commanders or anybody else. It's better than the Seattle Seahawks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're going to, in all likely, have the coaching advantage in all their games. Okay, you'll obviously take Kyle Shanahan over Mike McCarthy, over... Uh, what's the guy's name? Brian Dable, although I like Brian Dable a lot, but he hasn't proven it enough as, as Kyle Shanahan has. You're going to take him over guys like uh, Nick Sirianni and Kevin O'Connell. He's been there. He's been to two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I'm just t telling you right now, do I think the Niners are going to get to the Super Bowl? No, I don't. Do not be surprised to see them in the NFC Championship game a month and a half from now. Because the NFC is full of a lot of variables, a lot of factors that we simply don't trust. I'm comfortable sitting here saying today, this is sort of intersecting with my next segment, but I'm comfortable saying Philadelphia is going to get to the NFC Championship game. So what's the Niners' path to get there? Well, as it stands right now, if you look at the NFC playoff standings, obviously, they, you know, they're probably not going to stay this way because there's always chaos in the NFL. That's why we love it. But the Niners, as it stands today, they're the three seed. They take on the New York Giants. I don't know if anybody, even in New York, unless you're delusional. There's a lot of delusional New York fans, with all due respect. Well, Giants fans, not Jets fans. Anyways, Giants, Niners, who who you taking? Heck, who's favored to win the game? We're taking the Niners. Okay, then they would go on the road to Minnesota if Minnesota wins their playoff game. Now, obviously, Minnesota's got home field advantage. Kirk Cousins is better than Brock Purdy. But I don't know. That road environment? I don't know. In that road environment, in a climate-controlled stadium, no winds, no temperature issues, Team that can run it down your throat, keep the ball away from that loaded Vikings offense. 
Brock Purdy, don't make any mistakes. I'd take the Niners. And so then they go on the road to Philadelphia, and I think Philadelphia would win. But if the Niners are the three seed, do not be surprised to see them in the NFC title game. That's all I'm saying. Do not be surprised to see the San Francisco 49ers playing for the NFC title game. I'm just saying. Again, home game against the Giants. I don't know of anybody who would consider the Giants to win that game. The Giants got a great fan base. I get that. But that game is not going to be played in East Rutherford, New York. It's going to be played in Santa Clara, California. I'm sorry, East Rutherford, New Jersey. My bad. Either way, game's going to be played in Santa Clara. Niners are going to win that. Just be careful. Don't, don't bury the Niners yet. Because if they get to the NFC title game, you win one game and you're in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G's obviously better than Brock Purdy. But if he doesn't make mistakes, if Kyle Shanahan knows a little bit more about football than you and you and I do, if he trusts him to throw the ball 37 times, being thrown into the game like that with Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt, now teams will get film on him, so that's that's at least a little bit of a concern. Don't see don't be surprised to see San Francisco playing for a chance to get to the Super Bowl for the second straight year and the third year in the last four. It's a great team, loaded roster, just got to stay healthy. Don't roll out the Niners yet. Now, speaking of the team that they would all likelihood face, that'd be the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, that was impressive. That was my upset of the week, actually. I had Titans over Eagles. That 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 didn't go well. That game was uh felt decided pretty early on, don't you think? The biggest concern and the biggest criticism I had of the Philadelphia Eagles all season long, in particular the last four weeks, dating back to their win over the Houston Texans. They can't stop the run. Right? They they could not stop the run against Houston. They really couldn't stop it against Washington. Okay, the Colts ran it successfully on them. So it's like, uh-huh. Packers ran it all over them. My gosh, like Philly's got a clear like deficiency here. Like they they cannot stop the run. Teams can 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 control the clock, keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. We still, for the most part, agree that Derrick Henry's the best running back in football, right? And if if not, he's probably two or three. It's like him, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, those guys, Nick Chubb. But everybody agrees Nick, or not Nick Chubb. Well, yeah, Nick Chubb does go in this argument. But that Derrick Henry is a premier running back in the NFL. We agree on that. The Eagles held Derrick Henry to 30 yards on 11 carries. 2.7 on average per touch. That, that That's not impressive. Considering what their deficiency was, and they held the best running back in the league to 30 yards. 2.7 a clip? Listen, if you if you have to convince me that that's not impressive, maybe you're just hating at this point. And I'm, by the way, just because I'm not a Cowboys fan anymore doesn't mean I, I like the Eagles. I do not want to see the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year. I can't deal with that. I can't, I, I don't, I don't, listen, it, it, listen, unless it's like the, look, if the Eagles winning the Super Bowl means, means the Warriors win the title, okay, in, in 2023, then I guess I'll take it. But outside of that, I don't want to see Philadelphia hoisting a second Lombardi trophy in the last, what is it, five, six seasons. I don't want to see that. 
Jalen Hurts is legit. I don't know if you noticed. Jalen Hurts is legit. 29 for 39. 380 yards. Three touchdowns. Ran for a touchdown. No interceptions. No turnovers. QBR 74. Passer rating of 130. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is that dude. Like, I, I was I was very skeptical of Jalen Hurts this offseason. It took about two, three weeks in. I'm like, okay, I'm in. He's accurate throwing the ball down the field. He's accurate in the short game. We know the 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 job that the Eagles do at getting him out in space with his legs. He He's efficient. Completion percentage is good. He's got a great rapport with his receivers. His leadership's great. I mean, I think I mean I said a few weeks ago, Jalen Hurts has firmly cemented himself as a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Do I think he's the MVP? Still, I'm still rolling with Mahomes because my case would be Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill, Hurts gained AJ Brown, and Mahomes still has his team in just as good a position as Jalen does to get to the Super Bowl. But he's second, like he's he's number two. Joe Burrow's in that argument. Uh, I think Tua might have played himself out of it yesterday. Tyreek, maybe, maybe isn't that argument. But in terms of impact, offensively, passing game, running game, not many quarterbacks in the NFL that are more effective than Jalen Hurts. Guys like, obviously, Lamar is. We think about guys like Josh Allen, but it's a small, small group. And when you talk about the Eagles, really the only... I'd say the only thing I'm concerned about at this point with Philadelphia, and it's not even a major concern for me, is being able to defend the deep pass game. The safeties aren't great. Like that's that's where Philadelphia is kind of weak in the secondary. The safeties aren't elite. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But if that pass rush gets your quarterback, doesn't matter. Oftentimes, the best secondary is a pass rush, as some people will say. When you have Fletcher Cox and you have Dominican Sue, you have all these guys off the edge, you know, getting to your quarterback, that's a problem. By the way, Tennessee has a pretty solid offensive line. Ryan Tannehill was running for his life all Sunday afternoon. Now, Philadelphia will play better quarterbacks, obviously, than Ryan Tannehill, both in the regular season and in the playoffs. They still got to face Dak Prescott, and then after that, they'll face good, at least good quarterbacks in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Okay, guys like Brady, I'm still not betting against that guy in Tampa, guys. I'm still, you're not going to convince me out of it. Dak Prescott's a great quarterback. Okay, you still have to deal with these guys. Geno Smith is playing like a great quarterback this year. But with the road to the Super Bowl, in all likelihood going through Philadelphia, they got to win two games? With the way that they keep the ball away from your team, at least as evidenced by yesterday, you can't stay on the field, so their defense is always fresh. They take the ball away from you. Philadelphia is separating themselves from everybody in the NFC. I still like the Niners. I still trust Tom Brady in Tampa. And Dallas and Minnesota, 
most Sundays look pretty good. So does Seattle. But in terms of top to bottom, roster configuration, situational football, Philadelphia is pretty good. Matter of fact, Philadelphia is very good. Matter of fact, I am confident in saying that if Tom Brady isn't standing in the way, if Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. is not standing in the way, if they do not have to face him, I am Charles Barkley guaranteeing that the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing for Super Bowl 57. You got to beat this team for 60 minutes. Haven't seen Dallas do it. Not sure the Niners can do it with Brock Purdy. I, I know the Vikings can't do it because I saw week two. And I have high doubts about Seattle's ability to do it. That sickens me. I don't want to see the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I don't like Philly. I like Jalen Hurts. I don't like Philly. I don't like the city. It is my second least favorite sports uh, fan base in all of America. Number one's Cleveland. I'll never like Cleveland. You'll never convince me out of that. I do not like Browns fans or, or, or Guardians fans or Cavs fans. I like Mike Guido, though. I like Mike Guido. Shout out to Mike Guido. He's a Cavs fan. I like him. Everybody else I don't like. Same thing in Philadelphia. They're the worst. I don't want to see them happy via a championship. That's why I was overjoyed when the Phillies lost the World Series to Houston. But I call as I see it. And as I see it, again, men lie, women lie, children lie. The tape does not, and neither does your eyes. You're watching on TV or on your phone, mobile device, computer, whatever the case may be. You see what's going on. You see what they're doing every given Sunday. I said coming in this game, I felt like Philly was going to lose three more games. I said that they would lose to Tennessee. They'd split with the Giants, and they'd lose to Dallas. They may lose one more game the rest of the year. Matter of fact, I think I will, I'll say they will. Dallas might beat them. Giants might still split with them. Maybe they'll overlook the Saints. Maybe. But I'm telling you, from what I've seen, and it's in week 13, folks. We got a month left in the regular season. We're it is fairly established by this point who's who the contenders are, who the good teams are, and who the crappy teams are. I'm just going to be hoping that Kansas City's in the Super Bowl. I'll put it that way. Or Cincinnati, because I trust Cincinnati uh, second in the AFC to beat Philadelphia on February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. They look good. I can't lie. But that college football playoff got revealed on at about noon, about 12.30 Eastern yesterday. Uh, it was very exciting. I did an Instagram Live with my man. I just you know just mentioned him, Mike Guido, uh, the co-founder of The Grid. I see I'm wearing my Grid hat today for the streaming audience watching. Appreciate everybody tuning in, of course, on this Monday evening. But Mike Guido... Uh, did a, a, an Instagram live with him, talked about the playoff in terms of how we thought it was going to shake out, how we we think it should shake out. And then we, of course, gave our reaction when it ultimately did uh, get revealed on ESPN. So for those of you that do not know, the college football playoff, the final rankings are one through four, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, first two out, Alabama, and my Tennessee Volunteers. So um, let's start with the top two. I don't think that I don't think there was I think the shock of the day yesterday in sports, and we had a lot of big shockers. Being in the NFL, being in the World Cup, 
being in the NBA. The shock of the day would have been if Alabama, I'm sorry, if Georgia and Michigan were not number one and number two. It's kind of like I just talked about the Eagles. Georgia and Michigan have clearly separated themselves from the rest of college football. They have. They're elite on defense. They can run it down your throat. More Michigan than Georgia. Okay, even without Blake Corum is done for the year, that Edwards kid is really good. Both have elite skill position players and both have guys that we don't think are going to dominate at the next level. Certainly, we feel that way about Stetson Bennett. I like J.J. McCarthy uh, more than Stetson Bennett, but you still don't trust him as much as, as some of the upper-tier quarterbacks in college football. I think it's fair to say. But the gap between one and two, and this often happens, but between one and two and three and four is huge. Got TCU at three, Ohio State four. I'll sort of talk about the matchups, and obviously we'll discuss them more and more as the playoff gets closer. For those of you that don't know, the college football playoff will be uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve, uh, in the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, and then the, uh, the, what is it, the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. TCU at three, Ohio State at four. Here's my take. So Ohio State was going to be in because UC, uh, USC lost. Like, USC losing, okay, Ohio State, they're in. Because the committee, we already knew, was going to favor TCU over USC just because they were undefeated. Uh, they really liked the TCU story, I guess. Uh, Blake Corum, or not Blake Corum, Max Duggan, the mix them up my Heisman finalist. Uh, you know, Mac, uh, 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 Max Duggan was playing great football. Here's what I don't understand. And I talked about this with Guido. How do you lose? I get it's the Big 12 championship game. I get that it's went, it went down to overtime. But they still lost. And the committee's being a touch hypocritical here. Because when Alabama lost on the road at Tennessee, trust me, as a Vols fan, take it from me. That is, I feel bad for road opponents who have to go to Neyland Stadium. Especially third Saturday in October. Biggest game for Tennessee football in the last 20 years. Yeah, they were going to be pretty loud in Knoxville, Tennessee. And they were. They literally made the earth shake after uh, the walk-off field goal. Alabama loses on a walk-off field goal by three to Tennessee. They fell three spots. TCU loses on a neutral site to Kansas State by three. And they don't move. Haven't we all kind of been skeptical about TCU all season long? Certainly Vegas has. Excluding Iowa State, TCU has not been favored by much. Heck, in the Big 12 title game, they were favored. The third-ranked team in the country was favored by a point and a half to beat Kansas State. Now, not to disrespect Kansas State. That's a good football team. That's a good football team. But they're not as good as TCU. But they outplayed him for 60 minutes. And certainly they did situationally in overtime. But I don't understand how for the first 13 weeks of the season, if you lose, even if it's to a good team, you fall. By the way, have no issue with that. You lost the game. You play for W's or you play for L's. Okay, you won the game, you lost. So I hate ties in the NFL. Giants, Washington. Okay, hated that. TCU lost, and it did not affect their playoff chances one iota. And it's not because one and two has separated themselves, Georgia-Michigan, 
But four, we were like, oh, gosh, the team that gets in at four is just going to get destroyed. Number four is Ohio State. I'm not favoring them to beat Georgia by any stretch of the imagination. But if I'm Georgia, I would have much rather played TCU than Ohio State. I think it's safe to say. I don't get how for, four, for 13 weeks you lose and you fall, but we completely throw that out the window just because we like a team. That's kind of my point. And it just feels a little bit hypocritical. Do I think if Alabama had gotten in and been number four, do I think they would have at least given Georgia a fight? Sure. LSU at times in the SEC title game. They're not as good as Alabama without their starting quarterback. They gave Georgia a fight. A respectable fight, at least what you consider a fight between two very uneven, a uh, very uneven matchup. I don't know. That that's the thing. I thought Alabama should have gotten in the playoff. Strength of schedule is better than TCU. Their best win was exactly the same as TCU's best win, Texas. Their two losses, albeit two losses, I'll give you that, but came on a walk-off field goal on the road and a two-point conversion on the road. And in both games, your team played great championship-level football. I don't know. That, that was my beef with the playoff. That was my beef with how, with how it shook out. Again, Alabama fell to number six, Tennessee. We, we all agree, certainly with Hendon Hooker healthy, Tennessee, we all agree is better than Kansas State. The South Carolina game withstanding, of course. Bama lost to them on the road by three. Fell. TCU lost on a neutral site. Matter of fact, you could argue that was a home game for TCU because Jerry World is like 15 minutes away almost, okay, from Texas Christian University. Neutral site, might as well have been a home game. Also lost by three on a walk-off field goal. But you don't move at all. I mean, I guess we're not necessarily used to hypocrisy from the committee, but that was my issue. Now, in terms of the matchups, uh, Vegas put out their lines pretty quickly for what they thought the what, what the, the spread should be. Uh, Georgia is favored by six and a half, which I think is interesting, to beat Ohio State. And Michigan is favored by seven and a half to beat TCU. I think Michigan is going to blow the doors off of TCU. W listen, the Horned Frogs, we know all season long, have kind of been living on borrowed time. They had to come back to beat teams like Oklahoma and Texas Tech and Baylor. Like, we're like, uh, Texas. Like we, we like TCU. They're a very good team. Love Max Duggan. That Johnston kid they got at receiver is a first-round talent. But Sonny Dykes, by the way, did a great job as a head coach his first year. But if you're having to win all of your games, or at least the majority of your games, on a comeback in the second half, it's not crazy of us to be at least a little bit skeptical of you. So when you got to face Michigan, who, uh, I don't know if you, you watched the game, but they, uh, they went to Columbus, Ohio, and destroyed Ohio State. Beat him by three touchdowns on the road. Michigan will win that game big. Make no mistake about it. Especially out of the way that Michigan got embarrassed by Georgia last year in the semifinal game. They'll remember that. 
lot, lot, lot of those kids who played for, for Michigan last year on the team this year, they'll remember that. But and, and listen, with all due respect, J.J. McCarthy is a better quarterback than Caden McNamara. Like, I understand people aren't high on J.J. McCarthy. I, for a very long time, was not. I'm still not sure if he's an NFL talent at this point, but he's better than Kay McNamara. So Michigan will win that one big. Georgia of Ohio State, Georgia and Ohio State is really interesting because the fact that Vegas put it at six and a half is fascinating because we know both teams are going to be pretty healthy. By Ohio State, probably is going to be more healthy because they got an extra week off because they weren't in the Big Ten title game. It's going to be a home game for Georgia. It's going to be their, which this is incredible, their third game this season at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They played their opening weekend against Oregon. Obviously, they played a few days ago against LSU in the SEC title game. And then the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl semifinal game in the college football playoff. They're playing there again. It's Georgia. It's going to be, it, obviously, it's going to be mostly Bulldog fans there. More Bulldog than Buckeye fans. Either they don't trust Stetson Bennett the way they do C.J. Stroud. I don't know. I I just, I am definitely favoring Georgia to win. Make no mistake about it. I, I'm rolling with the team that I think has proven themselves more consistently than anybody to be the, clearly the best team in college football. Every time they've had to, 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 to uh, make a statement, show that they're the best team in the country, they've left no doubts. They did it against Oregon on opening day. Oregon is a very good football team. Bo Nix, for a while, was having a Heisman uh, caliber season against my, at the time, number one ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Destroyed Tennessee. Shut down arguably the best offense in college football. And then SEC title game, the game was literally over at halftime against an LSU team that beat Alabama. So Georgia's left no doubt. Their only weakness, literally their only weakness is quarterback. That's it. Everywhere else, they're loaded. McIntosh at running back. Brock Bowers at tight end. Probably the best tight end in the country, in my view. Stacked offensive line. Front seven is just ridiculous. That uh, Ringo kid, the corner for Georgia, is a first-round talent. Georgia's stacked. And Kirby Smart's obviously a remarkable head coach. The, the job that he's done since he's been there, this is year seven for him. Winning now two SEC titles. Getting to the playoff. Let's see, one, two, three. Three out of the seven years, I think it is, because they got to, in 2017, because they got to the national championship game. They got there in 2021 last year because they won the title game. And then they're back this year as the number one team. I just think it being a six and a half. Vegas knows something we don't. I, I don't know what that is, but Vegas knows something we don't. That, that's going to be an interesting one. Is that the 8 o'clock game? Let's, I, I, I think it is. Georgia over, or G Georgia and, yeah, that's the, that's the primetime game. 8 Eastern on ESPN. Michigan TCU. Fiesta Bowl, that's at 4 Eastern in, in, in Arizona. I, I think the first one is a no-doubt blowout. But the second one, definitely favoring Georgia. Honestly, favoring them to win pretty comfortably. But don't expect it to be a, a bloodbath. That you know, the typical what Georgia's done all season long to Oregon, Tennessee, and LSU. I'm just gonna just saying, I'm just saying. It's 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 worth talking about. All right. 
So we got a game tonight. By the way, you know, the show is so loaded today. I haven't even had time to talk about other, other, uh, uh, you know, things going on in sports. Although, well, I'll, I'll say that for a second. There, there's, you know, I want to sort of give like a brief overview of some of the other NFL games. But uh, there's been a couple of things happening in sports that is, you know, I haven't had time to get to today. Baker Mayfield got released by the Carolina Panthers this morning. I know that a lot of people are suggesting, hey, why don't he go to the San Francisco 49ers? First of all, he doesn't know the offense. It's it's week 13. You don't want to get a guy who's not been in the building up to speed on an offense and expect him to perform at a high level going into the playoffs. And by the way, if your Super Bowl hopes are running on Baker Mayfield, then you're not going to go very far. Okay? It's like a boulder on a feather. It's not, it's going to go down pretty quickly. Okay? Uh, Justin Verlander signed with the New York Mets after they just lost Jacob deGrom. Uh, listen, like I said, if... Obviously, Jacob DeGrom, I think we all agree, is the best pitcher in baseball. Could you get a better consolation prize than another Cy Young winner, than a World Series champ, two-time World Series champion, uh, than a guy who's actually won a league MVP, American League MVP, back when he was with the Tigers? That's, that is a great pickup by the New York Mets. And, uh, hey, they at least have an outside chance to land Aaron Judge. Okay, I, I, My gut tells me it's the San Francisco Giants. Given the sort of low ball offer that the Yankees put out there, I think it's going to be the San Francisco Giants for Aaron Judge, but don't rule out the Mets. Don't I know the Mets are the Mets. They always underachieve in the playoffs. You know, that's that's uh that's nothing new, but it's good it's good. Great pickup by the Mets. I also saw that uh, Trey Turner got really paid by the Philadelphia Phillies. 11 years, 300 mil. Trey, Trey Turner is a great baseball player. Obviously, we understand what he is as a as a shortstop. He's a, he's one of the fastest players in Major League Baseball. He's a consistent sort of 290, 300 average type guy at the top of your lineup. But man, 300 mil? Whew. For 11 years, by the way. But hey, Philadelphia got better today. I guess that's all that matters. And then what else? NBA, yeah, NBA stuff going on. You got uh, Anthony Davis playing like the best player in basketball. He just dropped 50. Five last night after the other night against the Milwaukee Bucks, dropping what was it? Was it 40? Was it 44? I think it was. Uh, I want to get this right. Let me go to Anthony Davis' stat line from Friday night against uh, Milwaukee because he was he was on one. Outplayed Giannis, which is not easy to do. Uh yeah, Anthony Davis scored. Yep, 44 points, grabbed 10 boards. I mean, he's been efficient all year. Uh thus far this season, he's averaging 28-13. After actually leading the league in rebounds, by the way. Field goal percentage is 59%. AD is balling. AD is looking like the AD he looked like three years ago. I don't know if it's because he understood the fact that a lot of eyeballs were on him this season in terms of whether he can produce, whether he can get back to the old Anthony Davis. Man. He, I mean, he looks like 2019-2020 version of himself. And LeBron's not looked too shabby either. He just passed Magic Johnson for sixth all-time in the NBA assist list. That's... Amazing that LeBron, that's what makes LeBron so great. And that that's why, to me, the case for him as the greatest player ever is a legit one. Because he passes Magic Johnson in assists. The greatest passer of all time, we, we for the most part believe, Magic Johnson. LeBron passed him in assists. The greatest, if not one of the greatest scorers in NBA history, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. LeBron's going to pass him this season. You say, well, it's longevity. 
that adds to his argument. He's He's been great for this long. As I always say, LeBron's not in his prime anymore, but he had the longest prime that I've ever seen in sports. Like I'd say it probably ended around 2021, but your prime goes from 05 to 21. Pretty long prime. Like it's the only one that compares to it is Kareem and Brady. If you look at sports history, I mean, there's, I mean, Justin Verlander's had a long prime. Just finished talking about him. I mean, there, there's, there's not many. Nolan Ryan was great, but I, you can't say he was in his prime for the majority of his career. But yeah, it's remarkable what LeBron's doing. And listen, do I think the Lakers are contenders? I don't. But could they make a few moves? Again, I think the Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's been playing well off the bench. I, listen, he's been playing well. He's been much better in that role than than, than starting. But if you have an opportunity, if Russ has now raised his trade stock to a point where Indiana, if, if they fall off, and Pacers are playing good basketball right now, they're playing my Warriors tonight. But if they get to a point come late January, early February, where they're like the 11 seed, not playing well, and they want Russell Westbrook to sell tickets to get those triple doubles, and Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are available, you're telling me the Lakers wouldn't jump on that to have a starting lineup of... Patrick Beverly. Okay, that's the weak link. But Buddy Heald, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Miles Turner. It's interesting. They're not title contenders today. They can't shoot like Golden State can shoot. But that's it's it's at least a story. Did not think Anthony Davis would reach this point at this stage of his career, considering the last two years, injury-wise, and even aggressiveness-wise. But that was impressive. But Go through the other NFL games real quick. Steelers outdid the Falcons 19-16. to uh, Pretty much a defensive battle, as you could tell by the final score. Kenny Pickett was fine. Threw a touchdown pass. Pass again at 90. Uh, Atlanta's pretty much fallen off the face of the earth. There was a, there was a, a point in time we felt like Atlanta could maybe sneak in the playoffs. They're 5-8. and eight. They're, They got just as good of a chance as the Green Bay Packers do. Okay, so they're, they're not getting in. Speaking of the Packers, they beat the Bears with an 18-point fourth quarter, which is very interesting considering this offense. And again, I knew Fields will be back in the lineup, but as I said on the show, Aaron Rodgers is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. It's not Jerry Jones, it's Aaron Rodgers. And he is the co-owner of the Chicago Bears. Because outside of the Dallas Cowboys, there's no NFL franchise that Mr. Rodgers owns more than the Chicago Bears, and he did it to him again with another fourth-quarter comeback. A.J. Dillon played well. Christian Watson is emerging into a legit talent in this league. I uh, love what I'm seeing from him, but Rodgers had a QBR of 51, pass rate at 85, but what mattered was what he did in the fourth quarter. Uh, played well. Bears dropped to 3-10. and 10. Uh, Lions destroyed the, the, the Jaguars. Can I tell you something that's interesting about Detroit? <laughs> this is why I love the NFL. That's why I love the NFL. The Minnesota Vikings are 10 and 2. The Detroit Lions are 5 and 7. The Lions are favored to beat the Vikings next week. They're favored by a point at home. It's only a point. That line could change. But it tells you what they think about Detroit in terms of their explosiveness offensively. And it tells you what they think about Minnesota. They're almost. They're almost the TCU of the NFL. It's not just because they wear purple uniforms. Like, now we like Max Duggan, I think, more than we like Kirk Cousins. But we're like, yeah, defense is not special. Gives up a lot of yards. They were good in the red zone yesterday. By the way, good win for the Vikings over the Jets. Uh, Mike White did all he could, but again, could not convert in the red zone. He's got to do that at a higher level. But I think it's safe to say he'll be the Jets' starting quarterback for the remainder of the season. 
Commanders and Giants, uh, we had a tie yesterday, 20 to 20. You know me, I hate ties. I really do. I did pick Washington to win this game. They'll play the Giants. They got a bye week. Chase Young's going to be back in a couple weeks, which is a huge, huge boost for the Commanders. But they'll be playing the Giants in Landover, Maryland in two weeks. Uh, let's see. Ravens beat the Broncos 10 to 9. Lamar Jackson, the big story coming out of this game. Lamar Jackson uh, was injured. I think it was his leg, if I'm not mistaken. John Harbaugh said, quote, it will be days to weeks, but he's not out for the season, which is great news for the Ravens. This could have been a bad, a really bad sort of uh, turnaround from a year ago where the Ravens were 8-4, and four, Lamar went down, and they didn't win a single game the rest of the season. Right now, they're 8-4, and four, Lamar went down. But according to John Harbaugh, head coach, he'll be back before season's end. Tyler Huntley did a respectable job. Uh, again, he's he's a solid backup quarterback. He's the perfect backup for Lamar. Uh, but he led a game-winning drive, had a QBR of 74. Uh, Russell Wilson was trash per usual. And the Broncos put up nine points. Again, if I'm a Broncos defensive player, I can't so much as look at Russell Wilson or any of the Broncos offensive players. Or Nathaniel Hackett. Let's not let him off the hook. Browns beat the Texas 27-14 in Deshaun Watson's return. And... He looked very much like a guy who has not played in exactly 700 days. Barely 50% completion percentage, a horrible red zone interception, a pass rating of 53, and a QBR 0 to 100 of 28. So Deshaun did not play well. Fortunately for him, he was supported by a great running game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt did their thing, uh, and, and the Browns did what they should have done against a, again, the worst team in the league, the Houston Texans. Seahawks beat the Rams. Geno Smith, Geno Smith. I'll tell you, that that dude is the story of the NFL, okay? 367 yards, three tutties, 65 QBR, pass ring of 116, led a game-winning drive, albeit against the beat-up Rams. Jalen Ramsey is getting, who, exposed, I guess we'll put it that way. It started week one when he got burned by Stephon Diggs numerous times, and it hasn't really got much better. Jalen Ramsey's been terrible this season, okay? But DK Metcalf caught the game-winning touchdown. Both Metcalf and Lockett. Had over 120 yards, both had a touchdown. So good win for these Seattle Seahawks. Big win on the road to keep themselves right in the playoff mix and give themselves at least a shot, given the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, to catch the 49ers. And finally, the Raiders beating the Chargers 27-20. to I did pick the Raiders to win this game because I figured that they would run it down the Chargers' throat, and that's exactly what they did. The Chargers had went four straight games, giving up 150 rushing yards. Four straight games. You want to guess how many yards they gave up against the Raiders yesterday? 154 rushing yards, and that was all she wrote. Uh, Derek Carr played well. A couple touchdown passes for him. And look, Raiders aren't dead. I'll put the Raiders are not dead. They got the Rams next week, actually four days from now on a Thursday night. They should win that game. Patriots and that eliminated offense a couple weeks from now. That game just got flicked out of a Sunday night football, by the way. At Pittsburgh on a Saturday night on Christmas Eve, another limited offense. Uh, Niners, that's a tough one. Chiefs, that's a tough one. But if they could somehow find a way to survive these games and then find a way to maybe split with the Niners and with the Chiefs, could be talking about the Raiders as a playoff team. Not going to not saying they're going to get in, but Derek Carr's playing really well, and as is the Raiders running game. As for Justin Herbert, uh, another Sunday, and then more or less support from uh, from Brandon Staley and from that offensive line and from those wideouts and and from that defense. Justin Herbert did all he could but he was let down by pretty much everything around him. And tomorrow is December 6th. Just it's another day at the office. But we do have a big game tonight in the AFC South. 
It's a very fascinating matchup. The New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will right now. Tampa in this game. Three points. So they were basically saying Vegas is uh, that this is basically a pick em. Both teams coming in under 500. Buccaneers 5 and 6. Saints are 4 and 8. New Orleans has been one of the worst offenses in the NFL this season, starting out with Jameis Winston and then for the rest of the way, at least to this point, Andy Dalton. They've had a couple of solid games like against the Seahawks and other teams, but all, all the Saints offense has been pretty much atrocious. Chris Olave has been a bright spot. I think he's a, he's a guy to keep your eye out for, considering that Tampa Bay's weakness is in their secondary. Although, they get Logan Ryan back from injury. That's a big, uh, big addition for them tonight. But here's the thing for Tampa Bay. First of all, we know that they have, and one individual in particular has, that being Tom Brady, struggled against Dennis Allen defenses. Now, Tom Brady, of course, got swept in the regular season in 2020 and played bad in both against the Dennis Allen-led Saints defense. Last year got swept by the Saints, including last year in this building, getting shut out 9 to nothing against the Dennis Allen defense to the point Tom got so frustrated, he said some choice words that I would never repeat on this show if there's any kids watching to Dennis Allen on the sideline. In week two against this exact same Saints defense, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went into the fourth quarter with three points. So to think that in the last two matchups, 120 minutes of football in Raymond James Stadium against the New Orleans Saints defense led by Dennis Allen. Tom Brady has scored a grand total of three points. In the last two home games against the Saints, he scored three points combined. So, best believe he'll remember what happened last year. Expect this to be a low-scoring game. Both defenses are playing well. You know, Andy Dalton is what Andy Dalton is. He's a low-end starter, high-end backup. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, but is having one of his uh, less lesser productive seasons of his illustrious career. It will be close throughout, but I, I predict what I think is going to happen. A game-winning drive from the greatest quarterback of all time. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game 20-16 to over the New Orleans Saints. I think mathematically eliminating the Saints from the playoffs at this point in time, considering there's five games to go and they'd only have four wins. And getting the Buccaneers to 6-6. Six and six. They better get there because they got at the Niners next week and they got the Bengals the week after that. So Tampa Bay really needs this game. I think they understand the sense of urgency. There's the sort of, uh, I always call it the embarrassment theory, the fact that they lost to an inferior Cleveland Browns team last week on the road, which they should not have. They'll win this game 20-16 to over the New Orleans Saints and get to 6-6 six and six, uh, and, and get a big win for them going into Week 14 next week. Again, I know they haven't been overly impressive. But uh, I wouldn't count Tampa Bay out. And I would not count Tom Brady out. It's, it's, not, it's not the bet that I would make. You know, I've, I've got a segment all the time. I love to do it every Friday called... Who would I have betting, man? If I were a bet man, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. Heck, if I... I'm not a betting man. I'm not betting against Tom Brady. Of course, technically... Technically, I'm not betting against anybody, if that's the logic. All right, that is all the time here for today's show. appreciate everybody stopping by, as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time, on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. Also, be sure to like, share, comment, and hit that big red subscribe button. Take two seconds out of your, out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button, as well as the notification bell. Be notified anytime that, that we, we do, do the show live on Monday, Thursday, Friday. Anytime you put us some videos or YouTube shorts. 
Uh, let's put it this way. There'll be a YouTube short from Friday's show. I'm just going to tease it. You, you don't, don't, don't miss Thursday's show, but be sure not to miss Friday's show. That'll be at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time as well. Do not miss that. Also, be sure to catch Carving It Up on the Grid Network. I'm wearing the hat today. You see the logo in the upper right corner on your screen. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Network. Catch my show there as well as the other amazing content creators over there, such as Barry Grant Jr. with the Olive Him Podcast, such as the, the guys in the Dallas Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. Check those guys out. Check out uh, Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Did a really good show yesterday morning. You've got uh, Alfred Parsar Jr., Rocket Fuel Jets Podcast. You've got Patrick Brown with a great podcast yesterday, the Chaotic Sports Podcast. Uh, crap, who am I missing? I think I got everybody. I think I got all the amazing content creators. I certainly hope I did. If, if I missed anybody, I apologize. But uh, yes, please check out all the amazing content creators and check out Carving It Up over there. That's also where you can listen to my show on the Grid Network, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, listen to Carving It Up on the Grid Network. We've got a loaded week in sports. Can't wait. World Cup's still going on. Hats off to our men's team, giving their all, getting to the round of 16. We will be back in 2026. Make no mistake about it. This time on our home soil, we'll be back. Make no mistake about it. USA, baby. Have a great week, everybody. See you on Thursday. Please continue to stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.